big fight weekend on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks of Shows, brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back at MyBookie, and they're offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you in part by the leaders in daily fantasy DraftKings. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at a million dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter the promo code SGP to get a free shot at a million bucks in prizes with your first deposit. That code again is SGP and only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, or any other betting action? Well, you need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to BetQL.co and enter the code SGP20 for a 20% off discount on your first subscription. That's BetQL.co and the promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code SGP20. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Finally, don't forget to sign up for the Free Roll Football Contest, where we're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, indeed. Humongous weekend of boxing, including a split pay-per-view, a unique split pay-per-view from Showtime featuring not one, but two Charlo brothers defending their world championships. Five world title fights out of the six fights on the split pay-per-view coming up. On Saturday, we're here to talk all about that and much more. Ring the bell, indeed. We are off and rolling on another edition of the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. I am merely the somewhat capable host. Straight ahead, speaking of the Showtime split pay-per-view, the president of sports and events for Showtime is Steven Espinoza. He is right here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast to talk with us about the Charlos. Uh, Jamal Charlo defending against Sergey Derevyanchenko coming up Saturday in the first main event. The afternoon, early evening, three fights. The first part of the pay-per-view, there'll be a little interlude, then three more fights, including the main event, late night, Saturday night, Jermel Charlo World Unification Junior Middleweight Showdown with Jason Rosario. Three of the 154-pound titles are going to be up for grabs in that main event. So Steven Espinosa will be here to talk about Showtime putting this together. Very interesting interview on what they originally were intending to do with the split pay-per-view. And could they have broken up the price? There's been so much made about the price. I'll talk with Stephen about that. Could they have broken up the price? What stood in the way technology-wise and pay-per-view-wise? What were they up against? Again, six fights, five of them world title fights. 
coming up on Showtime. Pay-per-view in total, including the intermission, is going to be some seven hours or more of boxing from the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut on Showtime Premium Cable here in the U.S. So we look forward to hearing from Stephen about all of those things. A a reminder as well uh, that if you have not already subscribed to this podcast, if you found us here on Sports Gambling Podcast and their network of shows or the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website, found us through a social media link, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe to the podcast. But also find the Stephen Espinoza interview on the YouTube page for Big fight weekend you'll see the video interview of me interviewing steven about these two charlo brothers uh world title fights headlining they're rare i I don't know that this has been done uh before i I make a reference with steven in the interview about other huge fights being held simultaneously in other parts of the country and being shown on the same tv network it's an old abc sports boxing story when they were huge in televising boxing but in terms of a split pay-per-view on the same site where they're taking an intermission at the same site this is wild and steven is going to talk more about that but anyway find the page on youtube big fight weekend you'll see the video subscribe there as well to the show all right so i'm looking forward to all these fights we're also going to talk with marquise johns later on uh, not only about the fight card for showtime that's going on uh, at the Mohegan Sun Casino with all the world title fights, but world title fights as well in Scotland in- involving uh, unified 140-pound champion Josh Taylor, hero in the UK and in Scotland. He is defending his title against a mandatory challenger from Thailand. Not expected to be given much of a test in that one, although Taylor basically hasn't been in the ring in a year. How rusty will he be? And a tremendous cruiserweight, one notch below heavyweight, cruiserweight world title fight that is the uh, finale of the World Boxing Super Series in the cruiserweight division between Uniel uh, Dordicos, who is a Cuban-born big-punching cruiserweight, and uh, Marius Bridius, who is a Latvian world champion. Uh, These are the top two fighters in the cruiserweight division. They fight in Munich, Germany, Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, Saturday night in Europe. So that is another world title fight. We got cruiserweights, we got junior welterweights, we got the Charlo brothers at middleweight and junior middleweight. World title fights all over the place, and we're looking forward to all of it. Uh, And will we see Canelo Alvarez at some point as well? The the latest, and we wrote about this on Thursday on BigFightWeekend.com. A mediator has been called in between Canelo, his promoter, Golden Boy Promotions, and Oscar De La Hoya, and the DAZN streaming service with the hope that they can rework his deal, his massive $365 million contract that is an anchor around the necks of both Golden Boy and DAZN. They've got a mediator, a Dr. Phil-style mediator, trying to help them work this out. Meanwhile, Canelo and his lawyers have a Monday deadline to refile their lawsuit in California to sue to recoup his money out of the contract, which, again, that will take years, not just weeks or months, but years to litigate and try to get his money. It would be much simpler if they can work it all out. And will Canelo be back in the ring? I mean, ultimately here, Alvarez can't get $35 million a fight from anybody, including DAZN, on the open market. Not going to happen with top rank and ESPN, not going to happen with premier boxing champions. Even if he goes to promote it on his own and try to work out television partners, not going to happen. He's not going to get $30 million. He's not going to get $25 million a fight. So maybe he takes this mediator suggested offer of less guaranteed money, a percentage of the DAZN subscribers, and will we see Canelo fight at some point 
in early November, maybe later in November. He's been out of the ring practically a year. He has fought one time in the last 18 months right now. So let's see if Canelo can get back in the ring. That's the biggest story out of the ring right now in boxing. All right. So we've got much to get to. We're going to talk a bunch about this Showtime Charlo Brothers doubleheader pay-per-view coming up Saturday on the Premium Cable Network. Showtime Premium Cable and their pay-per-view arm has this Saturday five world title fights. Let's get to the conversations as we get off and rolling on another preview edition of the podcast. As we roll along, it is my pleasure to bring in the president of Showtime Sports and Events, Stephen Espinoza, and welcome him back to the Big Fight Weekend podcast as we have a, a fascinating, I will use that word, fascinating split doubleheader pay-per-view. You got a Charlo here, you got a Charlo there, and we're looking forward to it this weekend from the Mohegan Sun Casino. First of all, Stephen, good to have you. Thank you for popping back on. Uh, absolutely. You can uh, tell by the background. I'm, I'm here in Mohegan Sun, uh, dutifully staying in my hotel room as, as COVID protocols require. You do not have the mask at the moment, but he might have to have it a little bit later on if, uh, if, if need be. But the, but the reality on, on this one, I am um, on the same floor as the fighters. And I can confirm there is actually there is literally a guard at their end of the hall to make sure that no one's wandering off and going for a walk around the casino or even go outside. You've got a, a hall monitor full-time, 24 hours a day. As we keep joking, welcome to 2020. Everything yes. yep. uh, that we thought that we knew and knew how to do has been upside down. And at the time we're taping, you've just concluded the press conference mm-hmm. uh, where you spoke and you essentially said, these are challenging times and we had to be creative with what we're doing. Follow up on that. Uh, as the fighters met with the media and you got this week basically kicked off? You know, it's a, it's a steep learning curve. Um, as you, you probably heard from David Benavides uh, a few weeks ago, um, you know, his weight cut didn't go exactly the way he planned. And, you know, with, without making excuses, he sort of said, look, there were some things that went on fight week. You know, you don't have your normal range of options for cutting weight. Um, you don't have, uh, you know, a gym per se, there's a workout facility, but it's not a gym. You don't have a spa, um, and there's limitations on what you can do. So that word spread pretty quickly. Uh, I, I don't imagine that that's gonna be happen, but it's sort of one of those things, live and learn. You, you know, you're not going to be able to go do road work in a, you know, in a, you know, in a, in a plastic suit and, and cut weight. Um, there are some things that are going to be adjusted, not just one of one of many i mean sparring is an issue um getting good sparring um guys traveling there are different levels of comfort you know what are protocols the fact that most boxing gyms aren't set up to do protocols um there there are a range of challenges um nowhere near the challenges of everyday life but you know it affects all facets of the sport as well no doubt about that all right so i want to begin at the beginning how appropriate when and how did you come up with the idea of the split pay-per-view that is going to have a little interlude, a little intermission in between, start Saturday afternoon, Eastern time in the U.S., go all the way until Saturday late night with, with six different bouts, five of them world title bouts. How did this come about? Well, I think it started with, um, with really the unification fight. You know, that that is what everyone has wanted for a while. And we thought that it was maybe headed to something else. We thought that maybe it would be, uh, 
you know, it would be uh, uh, J-Rock, Julian Williams, and Charlo, you know, in, in some kind of unification. Then Rosario comes out of nowhere, unifies, and, and then I think, you know, the natural fight, you know, whether people have um, been introduced to Rosario or not, you know, unification is always a big fight. So in pandemic, when we were brainstorming, we, we started there and sort of said, well, you know, that's a, it's a big fight. It's probably a little bit challenging to make that work on Showtime. What can we do to elevate it? You know, obviously, if we could get a big, big fight for Jamal, that would elevate it. The idea was originally um, to sort of piggyback off of WWE um, because WWE with WrestleMania did a two-night pay-per-view, you know, Saturday, Sunday. And so we thought, let's, let's make it a two-night pay-per-view, one price, Jamal on Friday, Jamal on Saturday, two different cards, two different nights of, of entertainment. Interesting. And the, the one advantage that WWE had is their pay-per-views, as you know, WWE fans know, are digital. Like, there's all, you know, they're not being sold through traditional distributors for the most part. Um, but what we quickly found out is that, pay-per-view technology obviously dates back to the 80s and or maybe even late 70s. Um, and it's not set up to have, it's set up to do a 24-hour event. You know, whether it's uh, a sporting event or a movie, they're 24-hour cycles. So there's, it, it would have required reinventing the wheel to set up something that you pay for Friday evening and it's open for, you know, for full 48 hours. So then we said, okay, well, We'll, we'll make it one event and we'll call it a double header, sort of like a, an NBA double header or an MLB double header. And we'll push back the start time a little bit earlier. And, um, you know, hopefully people will realize, look, this is a, a great value for the money. So you came up with the idea and now you got to sell the idea, if you will, to fighters. And you even expressed in the, in the press conference, and we're going to look a little bit at the clip here of the press conference that was on Wednesday afternoon you you openly said, hey, I credit these guys because they were willing to go along with this, the Charlos in particular, but all the fighters that are fighting on a, on a championship fight card were willing to go along with this. That was a whole different challenge, wasn't it, to get them to go along with split pay-per-view on the same day? It, it, it is because the reality is um, everyone's got to take a little bit of a haircut because there's no gate revenue. And everyone's got to say, okay, let's, let's be the first ones into the pool, so to speak, at least on the pay-per-view front. And, and sort of say, look, yeah, we've had some fights. We haven't had a fight of this magnitude under these conditions. So that adds an element of uncertainty. You know, and, and you know fighters. Fighters like certainty. They like to know what they're getting into and eliminate all the variables. You know, this is a variable, which no one had, had, had dealt with. And from doing weigh-ins and press conferences and an entire pay-per-view fight week, you know, under these circumstances, you know, that's part of it. But the part of it, no one said, you know, let, let me, let, let's wait a few months and see if we can get in front of a crowd, you know, and make sure that, you know, I can maximize the money here. Um, the, the reality is, yeah, they're leaving some money on the table, but no one wanted to wait. They sort of said, look, let's, let's get back to business and let's get things underway. You tell me what I have to do, what I have to test, and let's let's bring a, a, a big event to the fans. 
And that's what they're doing on Showtime. You're hearing the voice of Steven Espinoza. If you're only hearing us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, through Google Podcasts, or however you found us, social media link, find the video on the Big Fight Weekend YouTube page, and you can see us moving pictures. You can see us talking, and Stephen is gracious to hop on the video with me in the, uh, in the buildup to the Charlo brothers headlining this doubleheader, Jamal Charlo taking on Sergey Derevyanchenko. That will headline the afternoon version, if you will, of the pay-per-view as the main event. And then Jermel Charlo, Jason Rosario, as Stephen was mentioning, for the unified junior middleweight uh, three titles that will take place later in the evening, all of these at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut as part of a split pay-per-view on Showtime. Um, so I, I wonder, there's been a lot of discussion about the price and you're going to, I'm going to put a smile on your face right now. I'm not beating you up about the price. Mm-hmm. I keep saying to people, did you expect this to be the price of a quarter pounder with cheese, extra value meal? It was mm-hmm. going to be a little more than eight ninety nine for this uh, split pay-per-view. The idea, take me through the, the research you did and why you mm-hmm. came up with what you did. Yeah. I mean, look, we'll start with acknowledging there, there are financial pressures everywhere. Um, uh, in, in their unprecedented economic times right now. So we, that's another element of business uncertainty that going into this that, that really can't be denied. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's not the best timing to do a pay-per-view, but there really isn't any other way for this to happen. You know, that's what it takes to finance these kind of fights. Um, yes, it would have been great if, uh, you know, there could have been some acknowledgement, you know, here and, uh, you know, the, the price, you know, could have been adjusted. The number simply didn't work. And, you know, unfortunately, that's, I mean, we haven't seen that anywhere else. Um, like quarter pounders aren't cheaper now than they were pre-pandemic. You know, <laughs> UFC pay-per-views are not cheaper than they were pre-pandemic. You know, my NFL Sunday ticket isn't cheaper than it was pre-pandemic. Um, but we realize, yeah, you know, there are going to be challenges. I think the other challenge is, is um, and it remains to be seen how it plays out. For for boxing in particular, it's always uh, there's been a large portion of it that's very social. It's a group get together, um, pizza and beer, and you know, getting together at, at, at people's houses. You know, that's probably not happening nearly as much as it does before. Now, does that mean more buys because people are buying it in their own home instead of getting together, or maybe they're saying, hey, look, for me the big piece of it was being in the social environment. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find out, but in terms, in the abstract, if, you know, what we wanted to be comfortable with is, you know, are we delivering the value for the price? Um, you know, it's the same price that we've been at for several years. It's the same price as, you know, Pacquiao Broner and Wilder Fury. Um, so we didn't, we didn't adjust it, but what we did was, you know, give, you know, really two main events, which were standalone events, uh, five world title fights, and, and far more than I think any, anything in, in sort of recent history, uh, more than anyone has delivered in recent history on, on one pay-per-view. So, you know, that's our attempt. You know, it might be a little bit painful to pay the price, but I doubt anyone's going to walk away from that evening and not feel fulfilled and that they got a good value. 
Yeah, you said the word value in this conversation. You said it in that press conference for what you're paying to get five title fights. And again, I'm not on Showtime's payroll. I'm just mm-hmm. pointing out that you're getting an awful lot for what you're paying. I do wonder this. I haven't heard this asked or obviously answered mm-hmm. by you. Was there any consideration uh, for if I am not around on Saturday afternoon and I only want the evening portion of the pay-per-view that you might split it and that you might make it a little more expensive, let's say 60% of the price, if I only wanted the evening and I only want to buy that, was there any consideration for that? Yeah, absolutely, there, there was. Um, and and it, it was one of those things, and not to you know, blame all our distribution partners, um, but it's a pretty rigid system in terms of, you know, it's difficult to do two pay-per-views on one night. Um, you know, I know w- we have that, for example, I know there are multiple times when there are boxing pay-per-views and UFC pay-per-views, but UFC gone the digital route and us, you know, doing digital and traditional, it's not as much of a, a technical conflict, but having two different means of purchase on the same night for the same event, or at least versions of the same event, um, it, it, it became a nightmare pretty quickly. So we said, look, let's, we'll put it out there and, and hopefully people, I mean, look, there's some element of this where, um, you know, at least in some segments of the country, that people have a little bit more disposable income than they might otherwise have. Um, in that, you know, we're not going out to eat as much. We're certainly not going to the movies as much. We're not doing a whole range of things. We're not going to games as much. Um, so maybe some of that, uh, some of that, you know, uh, that money gets you know funneled into televised entertainment. Hopefully, voice of Stephen Espinoza with me for just a couple more moments here. It's part of the Pig Fight Weekend podcast, and again, whether it's the audio podcast or the YouTube version of what we're doing, hopefully you find this and subscribe to us on on both of those. So I haven't gotten to the specifics, but the Charlo brothers obviously are headlining on both. They've headlined before for PBC on their Fox coverage. And I know you were touting the fact these guys are basically homegrown on Showtime. So this is kind of like coming home here on the pay-per-view. Uh, and that's an important part, an important component here that I think has to be very satisfying. That's the word I'll use, very satisfying for you. It is. I mean, we certainly look, um, we, I'm, I'm a fan of other um, networks being in this sport. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be a good thing for the sport if Showtime was the only network. Um, we need other networks supporting the sport uh, in order for it to be healthy. Um, so, and, and I think it's great for the Charlos to go over to Fox and be able to sort of refresh their fan base and maybe bring some new fans in. You know, having said that, look, um, you know, they started on Showbox, you know, and they grew to a point as world champions. They had been on nowhere other than Showtime. So, yeah, I, it, I can't tell you that I didn't turn on the Fox shows and, you know, I was a little bit envious and saying, like, this is, uh, this is good fights. I wish, you know, we have them back. So, um, you know, we pushed really, really hard and we're, we're thrilled to have them back. And they're, uh, they're, they're two of the most, you know, entertaining and biggest personalities in the sport. And I think, you know, here in, in what are really career defining fights, because the, the only real uh, uh, criticism that, that you know you sometimes hear about the Charlos is that they haven't had that big fight, that career-defining top five opponent. Well, they're both getting it one night, so they they pass these tests. Look, it's you know I, I think you got to start 
at least mentioning them or at least considering them in the pound for pound conversation if they come in, you know, in this if they do well on Saturday night. All right, and one more time again, it is a split pay-per-view, essentially a boxing double header pay-per-view that is upcoming. Hey, you're a you're a nostalgic guy like I am. We're kind of contemporaries the same age. The only thing I could really come up with as a reference point, and maybe there is something in between. I go all the way back to the early 80s when ABC over the air, you may know where I'm going with this, you may not. They had three world title fights in three different locations live in the same night, culminating with Sugar Ray Leonard fighting in Landover, Maryland. Big John Tate, Knoxville, Tennessee, got knocked out in the 15th round by Mike Weaver, and they had another light heavyweight title fight in Las Vegas. They were in three places, Stephen, on ABC, on network TV, in three different venues. Now, the difference there is they were reliant on the live gate, helping them so much to pay for the fighters uh, and the salaries and the ABC rights fee. That's the only reference point that I have to something like this with a split pay-per-view kind of thing. So I just, I just went in the Wayback Machine and made that. I don't know how much you were aware yeah, of that. No, you may have known all of it. I don't know. I, I, I'd forgotten. I remembered the event. I'd forgotten that it was three different venues. Um, I think the other comparison is sort of uh, around the same time frame. Some of the pay-per-views that Don King used to do where he, he, had, he was well-known for having you know, you had guys like Terry Nor- Norris and Ricardo Lopez on on undercards. I mean, and, and later on, you know, guys like, you know, Zab Judah and, and Diego Corrales, you know, at times. Um, you know, so he was known in, in that period for having three or four world title fights on, on one card. Five, I think, you know, I'm not going to say it's an all-time record, but five, I, I think is it, something that I certainly – um, I'm stumped to come up uh, with another situation where we, we've seen that before. You're going to have that, though, on Showtime. Coming up on Saturday with the pay-per-view, they can check their local cable provider, satellite provider, online, et cetera, for how to order as all of it gets underway Saturday afternoon. Stephen Espinosa, thank you. I know you're busy. You're doing many of these. I appreciate you making time for us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast Absolutely. and with us on the site. Thank you. Good luck with the pay-per-view. We will be watching. Well, I, and, and the, the last thing I'll say, you know, when I say this as a fight fan, not, not as an executive or a salesman, um, this is one of those uh, pay attention to the undercard. I mean, when you've got a guy like, for example, Luis Neri, who is maybe pound for pound, one of the hardest punchers in the sport, um, you know, that's, the, that's a fight not to be missed. Uh, John Real. Casimero not to be missed, Brandon Figueroa. So there, there's plenty there. Tune in early and, and, and sit there and pay attention. Tune in early, stay late on the split pay-per-view. Stephen, thank you. Good luck with everything on Showtime. Appreciate it. Still to come, a little roundtable conversation. Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com will be here. Antoine Williams will be here from Houston, Texas. Greatest of all time, boxing promotions. Great insight on the Charlo brothers from the Houston area as well. Look forward to talking with both of those guys. But first, let's talk more about our friends at MyBookie.ag. Winning season has returned at MyBookie, and that means doubling your first deposit. Whether you're talking about making prop bets, big bonuses, the craziest cross-sport wagers, or just wagering straight up on your favorite NFL, college football, NBA, Stanley Cup Finals games, whatever it is, at mybookie.ag, that's where you want to be. Live sports, betting live sports, 
All season long, it lives at my bookie. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs picked up right where they left off, and the NFL has returned in a big way, and that means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes are there week in and week out for the NFL. Get in on all the action and use our promo code with my bookie, SGP, for the Sports Gambling Podcast. SGP, double your first deposit with that promo code SGP for new players up to $1,000. You put $250 in, they'll match it. You put 500 in as a new user, they'll match it. It creates more excitement around the sports you love, the games you bet. Remember the promo code SGP. Double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. And we're brought to you in part by DraftKings. Last week is in the books. It's time to look everything over and prepare for this week already. And there's no place to get in the action like DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. And to add to all of the excitement for this week, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. So if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss out. Draft your lineup and feel like you're right in the game like never before. Every run, every pass, every catch means it all at DraftKings. Pick your lineup, stay under the cap, see how you stack up against everybody else, and nothing adds to the excitement like having a shot at millions of dollars. In fact, DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars with a B to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now, use the promo code SGP, and for a limited time, new users get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes. That's this week. Don't miss out on all of the action with the college football, the NFL, and more. Use our promo code SGP. Get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with that first deposit. That's SGP only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. DraftKings and the promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. If you want to get an advantage over your sports book with the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball back in action, you need to download this app, BetQL. It's the only app you need to make smart bets this season. And they've got some great algorithms, a best bet algorithm that has thousands of data points to give you the top information and the best recommendation on what to wager on. Uh, Whether you're talking about the NBA games, whether you're talking about the UFC pay-per-view this weekend, whether you're talking about the fights that we're talking about on Big Fight Weekend, you go to BetQL, you pick from all of the different uh, data points and recommendations. They're giving you great info, great sharp data to help you make the bet. You can even see where most of the betting public is betting if you want to go the opposite direction. And with BetQL, if you live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, or West Virginia, you can claim an exclusive offer from sportsbooks and use BetQL's data to make the right bets. Again, if you're in Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, West Virginia, a special offer awaits you with BetQL. Go to the Apple Store, go to the Google Play Store, download it, enter the promo code SGP, by the way, and you get 20% off your initial subscription. So even more incentive for BetQL. Remember, the promo code is SGP20 and take 20% off with BetQL. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sports book but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... 
Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. Looking forward to the Charlos on this split doubleheader pay-per-view coming up Saturday, Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut as Jamal Charlo defends his version of the middleweight title, Jermel Charlo, later on in the evening in a unified 154-pound world title fight with Jason Rosario, who's got two of the belts. Should be a lot of action, and I'm here to testify that if we're going to talk about all of this, i got to bring in the senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise Johns, back with me to help preview it. Are you shadow boxing? I can't see you. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready to go, TJ. This is a good weekend for boxing, and this card for Showtime is amazing. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, split pay-per-view. And you know, Weak Sauce, that if we are going to talk the Charlos in Houston, the unelected Mm -hmm. mayor of Houston in the Lone Star State is Antoine Williams, frequent contributor on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, especially when there's anything going on with Jermel and Jamal Charlo. And uh, Antoine, from the greatest of all time boxing promotions in Houston, is back with us on the show it has been far too long my friend good to have you hey thanks for having me tj can't nothing stop us pandemic can't stop us man we back we we, <laughs> we reloaded here in houston and uh we're ready to talk boxing and get it on all right so the charlos were now uh, approaching fight time in this pay-per-view that's been talked about really for a couple of months now uh, we were just talking before you guys joined me with Steven Espinosa, the president of Showtime, about this. And he said, guys, before you came on, the Charlos really embraced this idea that originally they had talked about doing pay-per-views on consecutive nights at the Mohegan Sun. In other words, a Friday night and a Saturday night. Then when they realized that from a technology standpoint and the the pay-per-view structure system and how it bills people, et cetera, that they were going to have to try to pull it off in the same day, the Charlos embraced this idea. The brothers embraced the idea of a split pay-per-view uh, where they're both essentially in, in different main events, one in the, in the late afternoon, early evening, the other one later on at night. So Antoine, to you first, I know Houston has got to be excited uh, here for this. I know you're excited for this. It's almost here. It's it's an interesting, little intriguing aspect that they're both essentially in main events on the same pay-per-view. Absolutely, TJ. You know, the time can't get here quick enough. Um, the Charlos, they want to build up just like the Klitschko brothers did. They want to take over boxing, and they feel like they can do that. What better way to do it than to have them both headline the pay-per-view, call main event, main event, Saturday will be explosive, I promise you, TJ. Um, Marquise, what do you make of my whole little uh, spiel there about what Steven Espinoza had to say and the fact, and, and in one more aspect, he, he said this, it's obvious, he said it all week, he said it to us just a second ago, they were willing to take less money here too, which he is really crediting them. They didn't want to wait for a live gate First part of next year, later on next year, they were willing to embrace this and fight and take a little less money because of it. Marquise, follow up on that. 
Absolutely, TJ. And it's interesting that he's willing to take their Charles is willing to take a pay cut just to have just to get back into the ring, considering that we would have fought and, and these guys have been talking about fighting on pay-per-view for at this point, guys, eternity. So now it has finally come to fruition. It's funny you mentioned that they're having to come out with the concept idea. It's because Showtime is doing something unprecedented, guys, as you know, with this double pay-per-view thing, you know, day night double header kind of deal. And you just mentioned to me, TJ, that they're going originally had plans on doing a, a two-night event. That would have been a little Sounds a little expensive, so they put it all in the same night to get out the way uh, in terms of that. But I'm looking forward to it, mainly for the aspect of this card, TJ. Up and down is one of those fights where I'm not one to tell folks to, to and it's been the big thing on social media with boxing and Twitter, TJ, about spending 75 bucks for pay-per-view. I mean, 70 bucks is 75 bucks, guys. But this is one of the few cards, at least going forward for the rest of this year, I could justify it. Five world title fights in total, including the Charlos. Uh, Antoine, my joke, and I said it to Marquise last week, I said it to Espinosa, and I even got a smile out of him, uh, Stephen Espinosa of Showtime, is what did you expect? This was not going to be a quarter pounder extra value meal price for this pay-per-view. I mean, come on. It was going to be a little more than that, Antoine. Absolutely. You know, this is the real deal. This is the, the cream of the crop. <clears throat> you know, the Charlo brothers are about to be some emerging stars if they're not already, TJ. Let's be clear here. You know, one of the uh, Charlos, as we know, is undefeated. Uh, Jamal, Jamal Charlo at 160, and his younger brother, Twin Charlo, is, has one loss on his record, and we all know that that really should have been a win um, depending on who was watching the fight that day. It looks like the judges were, were a little bit blind that day. Maybe they didn't get, they didn't get their cataracts checked correct, <laughs> you know, correctly. But those Charlo brothers, they should both be undefeated. You know, um, <clears throat> they've, been, they've been doing a lot of interviewing and a lot of talk in the media about uh, trying, to, trying to create history, meaning that both of the Charlo brothers back in 2016 – they were both going for the belts and actually they made history. It was a little bit up in the air about Jermel because Jermel was behind on the scorecards against one of the heavy hitters, uh, Julian Jackson, the son of the legend, you know, Julian Jackson senior. And he was behind on the scorecards and then bam, good night. Irene, he hit, he hit uh, Julian with a, uh, uh, Julian Jackson with a right hand. He turned his back. The referee knows in boxing, if you turn your back, you're basically saying you, you accept defeat and they stopped the fight. So they actually made history in 2016, becoming the two, uh, two brothers, two twin brothers, to actually both you know, win a title at the same time. That doesn't happen overnight. And so with that being said, this is an extra large value meal because they're taking <laughs> on two great fighters. Might two be, great fighters. Might be, be, uh, might be double fries, might be an apple pie even involved in this for the price uh, for what these guys have been able to do. And I should mention that, again, Antoine's got some great insight. He's had some access to the Charlos during the younger part of their careers. You were also at Jamal Charlos' title defense against Brandon Adams last summer, which, my God, at this point with the COVID-19 pandemic, summer of 2019 seems like it was four years ago. But last, at least to me, <laughs> summer last year, you were at Jamal Charlo's unanimous decision win over Brandon Adams there in Houston. What do you remember about that fight? What did Jamal Charlo do well, Antoine, in that fight? Well, I'll tell you, <clears throat> I'll first tell you what he didn't do well at the very beginning, which probably lasted a couple you know, rounds just trying to fill him out. At the very beginning of the fight, TJ, he was trying to establish his jab, and he was trying to actually get his timing down, you know, trying to faint and, and, and you know, counter. Um, what he found out is that Brandon Adams, being the winner of the contender, the kid can actually box, even though he was moving up in weight from 54 to 60. So 
at the very beginning, I think Charlo was giving him too much respect because the kid was, you know, Brandon Adams was just coming off some really, really good wins. Um, but then Charlo dominated. He started really laying that uppercut. There was a few times I was right there, and I was like, wow, I was jumping up and down because Charlo was bouncing his head. He was bouncing his head around, hitting him with those uppercuts, and the guy just kept coming. He was a dog. Brandon Adams was a dog. He just didn't have much to offer back that night, and Charlo went on to win a, a, a clear, unanimous decision, and he got back to, you know, doing what the Charlo brothers do, which is look good. And he realized that sometimes you have to win. You have to just look good and you might not get the knockout, save the knockout and get it for next time. TJ. And he did that in December with a knockout win over Dennis Hogan. Hey, Marquise to you when talking about the Charlos Jermel Charlo, obviously lost that decision that uh, Antoine was referencing uh, to Tony Harrison, but he avenged it in his last fight. He got the belt back uh, last December uh, in the rematch. Um, and so that's kind of the backdrop here for his title defense that's coming up is that he he got he avenged his one loss. Now he's got a chance to unify the belts. So that's, again, the second half of the doubleheader, if you will, is the nighttime pay-per-view. How intrigued, Marquise, are you by Jermel Charlo? Very intrigued, TJ. It's a unification belt at 154. And PBC at 154, TJ and Antoine, as you guys know, it's pretty much log-jammed. And the belts, one way or another, are going to be uh, fought at with these guys in their camps one way or another. It's going to be the closest we're going to get to the best fighting the best at 154. Example, we had Tony Harrison taking on Charlo last year in a rematch. Uh, the winner of this fight is more than likely going to chase, face the, the Erickson Lubin, who won last week in, 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 as, as the mandatory challenger. Uh, all these are PBC guys. We, are, we still have at 154 still on the list here. Uh, J-Rock Julian Williams. Still have Jared Hurd trying to make a comeback as well. There's a whole list of Arizona Lara's on the way back as well. There's a whole list of these guys that's just trying mm. to get back up the challenge for these belts. And the winner of this fight against Rosario and Charlo will have three out of the four of them. Nothing against the, the other one that owns by uh, Patrick Teixeira at, uh, over at Golden Boy at 154, but that's the ever belt. But the ever three are being challenged by the guys at PBC, and they're going to be, be pretty much going around Robin at that point. Yeah, you got three of the four if that is the case. Again, a little roundtable discussion. That's the voice of Marquise Johns, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Love me some Antoine Williams in Houston, greatest of all time boxing promotions. He'll tell you a little bit more about that coming up. So uh, Sergey Derevyanchenko is a veteran who has – uh, obviously been tough enough to hang in with both Daniel Jacobs in a 12-round decision loss and then with Gennady Golovkin in a fight that a lot of people thought he may have won in a 12-round decision loss back last fall. How big of a threat do you believe is Derevyanchenko to Jermall Charlo? Antoine, what do you think? Man, you know what? He's a, he's a live dog. You know, Sergei... Uh, Devlinchenko, maybe I said that wrong, but he's a live dog. You know, this kid comes from the Ukraine. Um, he, he actually, you know, trained with his father, you know, at 10 years old. So a lot of people don't know about his history. He started training at 10 years old. He participated in a uh, boxing tournament called the World Series Boxing Tournament, and he won 23 out of 24 fights. TJ, this kid can actually fight. He, he, he has skill. He's technically gifted. He does have some power. Um, and, you know, he turned pro back in 2014, and he's already – you know, created a record of 12 and two, and he's fought the who's who of boxing. Like you just mentioned, his only two losses were to arguably two of probably two of the top, I would say two of the top uh, 10 in those divisions, respectively, you know, in the, in the middleweight division, triple G. I mean, he's going to be a legend when this is all said and done. Daniel Jacobs is another great fighter from New York. We all know his story. He overcame cancer and, and he's beat some of the best out there as well, you know, so uh, Sergey is a true live underdog in this fight. 
Um, a lot of people actually are putting their money on, on Sergey because they feel like, you know, the Triple G fight, <clears throat> some say that they actually won the fight. We all know Triple G, we found out later, was, you know, a little sick, maybe under the weather, maybe fighting with the flu and still continue to fight on. But he's a live underdog. TJ, what I want you to watch out for in this fight, in the very early stages of the fight, is if Sergey uh, tries to press Jamal early if that if he can if he can press him and he can land some punches and make Jamal you know kind of be hesitant and kind of question his own power he can maybe get some rounds and, and put some rounds in the bank for which could actually help him later on in the fight but when it's all said and done let's be clear here this is a Houston thing this is a Charlos this is a Charlo uh, this, this is being set up for the Charlos to go on and do bigger and better things Jamal has the WBC belt. He wants bigger smoke. He wants all the smoke. And I just think at the end of the t- at the end of the night, he may just have a little bit. You know, Sergey may have just bit off a little bit more than he can chew. TJ, uh, Marquis, same question to you. What kind of a threat? A part of my argument. I'm just throwing in my two cents real quick before your answer. Is Derevyanchenko mm-hmm. is most known for two losses, and I don't care what sport we're talking about, where we're talking about football, where the best win on your college schedule is, a, or the best game on your college schedule is a loss, a tough loss. Boxing, the same thing. If the best two things I can point to in his pro career are him losing to Daniel Jacobs and also losing to Golovkin, whether he should have gotten the decision or not, I, I don't know how much of a threat he is. Can can Jamal Charlo maybe get him out of there, Marquise, with big, with big shots that Jacobs or Golovkin couldn't deliver? Actually, guys, I'm I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, Antoine. I'm only and I'm going to piggyback what you mentioned. Uh, Devrachenko, I think, is going to be absolutely smoked in this fight, guys. And let me let me explain mm. why. The uh, Daniel Jacobs fight, Devrachenko was down in the first round. The Golovkin fight, down in the first round. We we, we both can agree that these are, are, are the top middleweights in the division. Jamal's going to do the same thing. So I don't expect any difference on, on, in terms of Derichenko in terms of this. I know for him it's going to be the third time going for a world title. Uh, some say third time's the charm. I'm going with three strikes you're out at this point, guys. On this. I really think <laughs> this is going to be a real – I think out of, out of the two fights, How quick? I think this is going to be one. You think I quick? Think, I think it's going to be like four or five rounds. I don't think wow. Derichenko is going to hang in there that long. Mainly because the last fight he had against Golovkin – arguably he could have won. I mean, give or take, had he not had been knocked down, he would have won the fight. It's one of those fights, though, regardless of the excuses Golovkin's came to making, you know, not, not guarding, not defensing, whatever have you, he, he he was the better fighter in the fight, one way or the other. So that's going to be the same problem he's going to have against uh, Charlo. And, and if Charlo does the same thing that Golovkin and Jacobs do early and knock him down early in the first round, I don't think he gets up. Wow. All right. So there's Marquise coming strong with that. The other fight, again, is the nightcap pay-per-view main event which is Jermel Charlo, and this is junior middleweight uh, unification at 154. All right, uh, both of you guys, give me a little breakdown here. How big of a threat? Rosario obviously upset Julian J. Rock Williams, staggered him, finished him off, really burst on the on the uh, national scene, if not the worldwide scene, with that upset back at the beginning of this calendar year. So what, what kind of a threat does he have against Jermel Charlo? Antoine first. Um, I think Banana, you know, as they call him, Banana Rosario, I think he's going to be uh, slipping on some banana peels, really, TJ. I think I expect <laughs> him to be down in the fight. I expect him to be on his back at least, you know, once, maybe twice in the fight. And trust me when I tell you, if Charles gets you hurt, he will close the show. Um, I think the fact that this is the main event, believe it or not, Rosario and Jermel is the main event. 
So I think Jermel, based on what all the, the interviews and, and media attention he's been getting, he wants to make a statement. He wants to show people that all that training with Derek James, who also trains, you know, uh, Errol Spence Jr., I think he wants to show people that he's not coming to play. He, he, he feels like he has something to prove because he did get that blemish on his record from Tony Harrison, and he wants to show everybody that he is no, he's, he's nothing to be played around with. So I think that your, Jermel Charlo, if anyone's going to make a statement – with a knockout, you heard it here first. I think it's Jermel. I think Jermel closes the show. I don't think Rosario goes a distance. And the reason I don't think Rosario goes a distance, guys, is because he actually gets tired. His endurance is not up to par. And I think that that's going to show, you know, late in the fight. And if that shows, if you show Jermel Charlo a weakness, he's going to make sure he capitalizes on it. So I think Jermel Charlo takes him out. Interesting. The voice of Antoine Williams with us here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Antoine, based in Houston, greatest of all time. Boxing promotions will let you tell uh, us a little bit more about the latest with your promotional outfit and what you're trying to do to regroup and be back post-pandemic uh, here in a moment or two. Uh, Marquise, you agree with that, that this is Jermel Charlo maybe wiping out Rosario the same way, or could this be a tough fight that might go the full 12? I think this fight, I disagree, Antoine. I feel like I'm, we're playing, you know, the, the double take here. I, I think this fight's going to be a lot closer than what it is on paper. And that's the best part about TJ about this card. These are legitimately pick em fights as we can go in this. I think Rosario's a game dog in this. And the big reason why he's a game dog, guys, as you well know, him upsetting J Rock was an upset. He's coming into this one as the underdog as well. And he upsets uh, Jamil Charlo. You're, we're talking about the 2020 fighter of the year, period, point blank. Not Tyson Fury, not Clay Collins mm. fighting 400 fights around. You know, we, we got this guy who has been pretty much been the underdog everywhere he's went and has done nothing but win. And I think this was the fuel that's going to fuel him for this. I just think with Rosario, endurance will be an issue, as Antoine mentioned before. I just think he's trained harder and better for this fight. He's mentioned beforehand leading up to this just to, in terms of preparation for it that he's trained harder than he's ever had before for it. And that's one of the things that he trained harder than he did for the, the, the J-Rock the J fight. And that's the one where he won uh, single-handedly. And I'm looking forward to seeing what version of Jamoto we get. The one that kind of hangs around with the first Harrison fight is the one that got, that got upset and lost, debatably. The one that beat him Harrison on the second go-round is the one that Antoine's referring to. That's the one that would beat Rosario, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think. Hmm. Love these different opinions. And again, it's a split pay-per-view where they're going to have three fights in the late afternoon, early evening, take a 30-minute little interlude on the same pay-per-view, and then come back with three more. Five of the six fights are world championship fights. Jermal Charlo, Sergey Derevyanchenko will be up first as a main event. Uh, in the early evening, and then Jermel Charlo late night with Jason Rosario somewhere around 11, 11.30 Eastern time, uh, Houston time around 10, 10.30, adjust your time zone accordingly wherever you're hearing us uh, for that split pay-per-view. Looking forward to both. Uh, Antoine, before you get out of here on the different opinions, you also want to make mention that Top Rank Boxing had the announcement uh, earlier this week that the co-feature on the uh, Lomachenko-Lopez World Lightweight Unification fight in the Vegas bubble coming October 17th, has a fighter that you are very familiar with and you want to prop up, one of your guys, K.O. Bellows, is on the undercard in the co-feature against Berlanger, hard hitter, uh, in, in a showdown here. Tell me more, Antoine, about this coming in October in about three weeks. Oh, yeah, TJ. I'm stoked. I'm so excited. Right now, I got goosebumps on my arms. I can't believe this is a dream opportunity. <clears throat> you know, Berlanger is, uh, as, as some of the boxing fans know, 
he's been on the quick rise uh, as a prospect coming up, 14 and 0, uh, 14 knockouts, 14 first round knockouts. But I truly think that he's going to get tested, and he's going to get tested big time by my guy, my friend, K.O. Bellows, K.O. Linnell, K.O. Bellows, who is a really, really good fighter. K.O. always comes to fight, never been knocked out, never been stopped, you know, leaves it all out there. Uh, he's a veteran, you know, uh, over 20 wins professionally. And I think this is just this, – this could be, you know, possibly – you know, second maybe the second biggest fight of the night when it's all said and done. And they're fighting on the undercard of what could be possibly the fight of the year with Tiafimo Lopez and Vasily Lomachenko, you know, TJ. But I want everybody to tune in, no excuses, ESPN, no pay-per-view, tune in, KO Bellows on the undercard against the Puerto Rican sensation, Edgar Berlanga. I'm excited. I'm headed to Vegas. I don't care. Nothing's going to stop me. We're ready, TJ. I know it's in the bubble. I can't get in the bubble, but I'll be right there in the hotel <laughs> at the MGM so everybody knows I will be there. I'm going to just it, – it's going to it's so exciting. And, and I'm telling you now, tune in because K.O. Bellows is the real deal. Win, lose, or draw, he's going to let it all hang out, TJ. And so October 17th, mark your calendars. It's gonna be a, it's gonna it's gonna be ex, it's gonna be a throwdown. And Marquise, I know you wrote about this on the BigFightWeekend.com website that Berlanga also uh, has already fought in that bubble, a 62-second destruction of his opponent uh, that improved his record as um, Antoine was referencing to 14 and 0, all of them by first round knockout. Is it uh-huh. the record, or is he approaching the record for most wins? Does he have it already? Most wins at the start of a career by first round knockout consecutively, right in a row. Does he have the record already, or is it close? No, I think he's close. And uh, Berlanga, uh, Antoine, to give you an idea, is the real deal. I saw him last year when he was here fighting on on the, on the uh, Jamel Herring uh, Mansaki Ito card. He was on the undercard portion of that, and he's done uh, pretty much in his fourteen fights, guys. What he's done the, the fourteen opponents, the straight first round beatdowns. By and the way, the last- I just looked. I did your article a, a good favor again. Marquise is always on it. In your article, the record is twenty one knockouts in a row in the first round to begin a career. So he's two-thirds wow. of the way there, but that's still, I mean, it's impressive. And suffice to say, Bellows has to be ready from a strategy standpoint, right, guys, that that Berlanga is going to come right at him here and try to get him out just like everybody else. You better be ready for the for the whirlwind here, right? Yep, and, and, and Marquise, I'll let you take it, but I just want you to know, and, and I'll go on record to say this, there will be no first-round knockout. So you can wipe that 14-0, throw it down the toilet, flush the toilet, it's never coming back <laughs> because that 14-0 record, that 14-round, you know, 14 first-round knockout, that's out. I'm telling you now, guys, I've been around Bellows for a long, long time. The kid has great heart. He's, he, he's a great, you know, great father, uh, very respected in the community, in the boxing world. And, you know, I, I see him training. I see the videos. I see the effort. I see he's out there running in the middle of the night. And I just don't think Berlanga, as good as he may possibly be, I just think that, uh, you know, th- that record's out. You know, and he All may right. have barked up the wrong tree, but time will tell. Marquise, another thought on that? Again, it's the co-feature on Lomachenko Lopez here. It's it's Antoine's guy, but go ahead. What else? Anything else? Yep. Absolutely, TJ. No, I think uh, no. Antoine's got a point with this. I think that streak does end against Bellows, uh, guys. I because this is a, for Berlanga a huge step up uh, from terms of competition for me. This isn't exactly Eric who he got sent to the moon last go around in 62 seconds last fight. So <laughs> it's gonna be a it's, it's gonna be a lot better uh, in terms of that. And with also with with Bellows, Bellows is gonna come forward at uh, Berlanga as well. It's actually gonna. 
this fight, TJ, if, in the bizarre event that the, the fight of the year that we've all been waiting for, Lomachenko-Lopez stinks up the joint, this fight will st- still to show it in, as a whole. Interesting. All right. Uh, don't hold your breath on Lomachenko-Lopez stinking up the joint. I think there'll be fireworks <laughs> in that one, too, at the bubble. And I love my man Antoine. He's going to be there. Even if he can't be in the bubble, he'll be on the perimeter of the bubble in and around Vegas with K.O. Bellows. If he can be there before you go, young man, please tell us, give us a quick update. What's going on? Greatest of all time boxing promotions. The understanding that all local uh, promoters, all local fighters, all, all the guys at the second and the third level trying to make it to the big time have just suffered right now because club fights, uh, second and third level fights have become almost non-existent right now. It's been tough. We understand that. What's the latest with greatest of all time boxing promotions? How you doing, Antoine? What's up? Yeah, TJ, man, it's been different. This has been a different time and different day and age. Um, But you know what? We're still trying to stay active. You know, uh, we actually just put on a nice sparring event uh, two weeks ago, September 5th. We had a we had an awesome sparring event. We actually had some fighters that moved all the way down from out of state, from Mississippi and some other states, and that was a very, very good turnout. So we wanted to give, give the boxers a chance to be highlighted, be seen, show some of their craft. So we had some pros out there. Uh, we even had a few amateurs that wanted to come out and show, with, show their craft as well. So, uh, you know, we know the shows and everything like that because of the pandemic are all closed down for now, but we're going to keep people active. So my goal is we want to try to get another sparring event coming up, maybe the first first part of the, of the new year you know my birthday is in january so maybe maybe by january a little bit sooner somewhere around that time frame we want to get another sparring event there's no date on that yet tj but we want to keep the boxers active so if you're a professional fighter you need to get a hold of us you need to reach out to us and hit us up on our social media uh the goat boxing promotions on facebook or you can reach us on instagram at goat boxing promotions tj so right now we're just trying to keep people active we're trying to you know, travel and, and, and be as big of a support system as we can for people like K.O. Bellows, uh, who's, as we mentioned, is fighting October 17th. So any of the young fighters that want to get out there, don't let the pandemic discourage you. Keep training. Keep following your dream. Keep, you know, staying in the ring. Stay in shape. And when, and, and, and when you feel like, you know, you want to get out there and you want to be seen, contact us at go boxing promotions and we'll do our best to try to keep keep you know try to keep you guys up to date on what's going on love it big massive state of texas but as you mentioned you've you've heard from fighters you told us before not just north of you like in the dallas fort worth area but other states like louisiana oklahoma if you're in the southwest in the region and around texas hit them up because you're looking for great young fighters, great uh, talent at the uh, at the second and the third level here to chase their dream and maybe get into uh, the mix like a KO Bellows, right? Uh, that, that is in the mix right now. That's the goal, right? That's the goal, TJ. You hit it. You hit the nail right on the coffin. That's the goal to continue to develop and continue to to you know push these fighters and promote them and let them be seen in the general public and then, you know, meet fans and everything like that. And that's what's going to land these big fights. You know, I wanted to mention something else. There's another fighter out of Texas. Uh, he's actually a friend of mine as well. His name is Kendo Castaneda. He's a nice young fighter. I don't Kendall know if you gentlemen Tremendo. remember. He actually just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Kendo. He's fighting on ESPN. Uh, I don't know if that, fi- I don't know if that fight's going to make TV or not, to be honest, but he's actually going to be fighting I just got the word he's actually going to be fighting on October 17th, which gives me another reason to be in Vegas. Uh, but I want you guys to keep in mind, Kendo Castaneda, is, is, he's a real fighter. You know, He actually just fought 
on a one week notice against Jose Zapita, who's in the top, I think the top five ranked, right. uh, 140 pounds in the world, you know? So Kendall Castaneda will be fighting in Las Vegas. I can't wait. I'll get a chance to see him out there as well, you know, passing by. And, uh, yeah, TJ, we just want to continue to do everything we can as greatest of all time, boxing promotions, to help the fighters, get them out there, help them promote. And so that they can continue to take these big fights like we've continued to do. And that's what it's all about, baby. Love it. Antoine, best of success to you. Hopefully it's a big Saturday for Houston's Charlo brothers, Jamal and Jermel Charlo, as the Charlos are both featured in the Showtime pay-per-view. Antoine, thank you. Love the insight. It's been far too long. We'll get you on again as everything unfolds uh, here throughout the fall. Hang in there with greatest of all time boxing promotions, my friend. All right, TJ. Hey, let me give a quick shout-out real quick before I go, too, TJ. I know we're about to end the, end the, end the call. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of my good friends. He's a boxing promoter over in India, The Punch Boxing, TJ. The Punch Boxing, you'll be hearing more about them. I know they're in another country, but they're doing big things, so I want to give a shout-out to The Punch Boxing, my friend Arif Khan over there. And, uh, you know, just keep doing your thing, Arif. We really appreciate you. Love the insight of Antoine Williams. Marquise Johns is still with me, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. As we wind it down on the podcast, time to look at some of the the odds, the short-term investment, Marquise, if you will, for this weekend mm-hmm. on the Showtime doubleheader pay-per-view. But we also, earlier in the day, have a couple of uh, interesting world title fights that we're going to keep an eye on. You're going to have an eye on it. You're going to be writing about it. We're going to be keeping track of it. Not the least of which is the World Boxing Super Series uh, finale in the cruiserweight tournament that they've been having. The delayed fight between Marius Bredis, a Latvian cruiserweight contender, and Cuban-born Uniel Dordikos. They are fighting in Germany. Hope everybody got all this down. It's going to be there'll be a quiz, a pop quiz later. Dordikos <laughs> and Bredis fighting in Germany in the afternoon coming Saturday. Interesting for wagering purposes. Bredis is favored at minus one seventy. Dordikos plus one forty five. And Marquise, I know you're intrigued always with the under over. The under over set at ten and a half rounds on this fight. If you were to short term invest, do you like Breedis the favorite in this one in the cruiserweight uh, showdown? This is for some of the belts that uh, Alexander Usyk used to own in the World Boxing Super Series finale. What do you think here for gambling purposes? Which way would you go? On my end, TJ, I'm taking the I'm taking the underdog in this. I didn't realize that uh, DKO Doctor Dordicos is actually the underdog in this fight. Uh, many folks who haven't paid attention to this, Bradus was last in action, TJ, and I think he saw this last year as well in the World Boxing Super Series against Christoph Loreski in the, the worst officiated fight I've ever seen in my life with Robert <laughs> Bird, where he got, the guy got hit after the bell and won pretty much by because uh, 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 his corner stopped it. And they, they tried to set up a rematch for it uh, for the WBO Cruiserweight title at the time. The WBO declined. You know, either he declined or Bradis declined it. So that but that bill's officially up for grabs uh, on the other end, where with Klaraski is uh, facing. Uh, I want to say it's I want to say it's Lawrence uh, Bloke actually out of Britain. Uh, something right. down the line on one of these matchroom shows down the line. But back to this fight. This fight's not going to distance, uh, TJ. This is the KO doctor here, and I think he's looking to make a statement. And he's looking to revenge uh, the one loss he has on his record when he had in his World Boxing Super Series format the last go-round against Murat Gassov, who's currently going up at heavyweight at some point this year. So I'm picking under on that one, TJ, as well as Dordicos, the underdog. Take the under on the 10.5 rounds, and he likes the dog there. Dordicos, the Cuban-born, they were both very focused 
in the Thursday press conference. I watched a little of that. Very interesting because the press conference, uh, what is it, Kale Sunderland, that's the uh, that's the head of the World Boxing uh-huh. Super He's speaking in English. Dordicos is speaking Spanish, Cuban-born. Uh, Britis is speaking Latvian. It was, just, it was like a meeting at the U.N. United Nations Conference. United Nations, <laughs> exactly. Get the translators, get everybody straight. And the fight in Germany, by the way, just to add another country. Yeah. In the mix, oh. in the uh, in the Munich television studios, for the, so they will have that fight Saturday afternoon. Uh, also, Josh Taylor defends the unified 140 pound titles that he owns after winning the World Boxing Super Series last fall against American Regis Progress. Uh, he won that fight. The pandemic is hit. This is a mandatory challenge by a Thai fighter uh, by the name of Kong Song. Correct. Who isn't given? He's not much known. Isn't given much of a chance. And Taylor basically has to fight these guy, this guy, to keep the IBF belt, right? That's correct, TJ. It's pretty much the uh, Taylor facing Kong Song is the IBF mandatory for Taylor as one step in the way of getting between the potential super fight between Ramirez and Taylor. This fight on taper, TJ, doesn't look like much for Kong Song, only for the simple fact that he hasn't faced the level of competition that Taylor has. I mean, he's fought Progress, and Kong Song has not fought anyone of note on his record personally. So, it's going to be one of those fights where, for Taylor, is to stay busy and keep everything moving. In fact, TJ, this is one of those fights that was supposed to happen pre, during the, before the pandemic hit, back in, I want to say they had it scheduled back for April, I want to say. And it was just something that they got pushed back because of everything else. So, this is just something to keep Taylor busy. We'll see him in action making his uh, new uh, management debut at Top Rank as well on this. So we'll see how all that plays out. I believe ESPN Plus has it in the U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. here for this showdown as well. On Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, it's in Scotland uh, for Josh Taylor. And, of course, Progress is looming, wanting a shot still at Taylor in the rematch. Lost a hard-fought 12-round decision to him last year in the World Boxing Super Series uh, championship fight of that eight-fighter tournament uh, at 140 pounds last year. And again, you mentioned Jose Ramirez has the other two belts, wants an undisputed fight with Taylor. That could be looming also. All right, so also on the odds from our friends at mybookie.ag, you've already said to us that you love Jermall Charlo. He's a minus 180 favorite against Derevyanchenko, Sergey Derevyanchenko in the afternoon. The under over at 10 and a half rounds. If I heard you right when you were talking with Antoine and with me, you don't think this thing's going to see like the sixth or the seventh round. You're saying take the under, right? Yeah, we're going to see that intermission between this pay-per-view early, TJ. I really think we're going to see <laughs> about five or six rounds before we see the guys over at Mortal Kombat or uh, Mor- Morning Combat, where the CBS show is with Brian, <laughs> Brian Campbell and Luke Thomas over there to do for the intermission report. Because uh, I don't think this fight's going to go to distance. I just think, TJ, Deverchenko's just shot at this point. I, I hate to say that, but I just think at this point, Golovkin took a lot out of him. And, and he couldn't put Golovkin away. And if Golovkin was sick and he still won by decision, I don't think a healthy Charlo with now two working hands which is the one thing that also I think Antoine missed, didn't mention as well. Uh, in this fight with Brandon Adams, he hurt his hand, I want to say, in the third or second round, so he couldn't knock him out. But he was clearly beating him with one hand. Now that Charles has two of them, I don't see Derek doing anything different. <laughs> Good point on that. And then the nightcap main event on the Showtime split doubleheader, Jermel Charlo minus 480. Boy, he's a bigger favorite over Jason Rosario, who is a plus 360. And again, Rosario pulled the stunner, knocking out J-Rock Williams early this year, kind of out of nowhere, under over nine and a half rounds. And I heard you say you think this is a much tougher fight for the second Charlo brother, right? I do, TJ. And actually, the fact that uh, Rosario once again is coming in as the underdog, I would not, I would not 
bet against this guy. I, I just wow. think there's something, TJ. There's something with Rosario this year, where it's just like he, he's he's coming in uh, pretty much on a mission. It seems like, and he's changing all narratives. And just I really think he's going to change the narrative on this fight. Jermel Charlo again, having just avenged, as I said earlier in the conversation with Marquise, avenged his loss to Tony Harrison in his last fight, and now he gets this scrap. So many talented fighters at 154 looming, but Jermel Charlo has to get by Jason Rosario to get to some of that. And again, that'll be Saturday night late uh, from the Mohegan Sun Casino on Showtime Pay-Per-View. We have come to the end, my friend. We are ready to watch all of this unfold this weekend as part of a big fight weekend. I know you're going to be writing all about it, preview mode, recap mode. I'll be assisting where I can uh, for this weekend. Again, uh, a great weekend of championship fight action. I mean, if that if that WBSS uh, cruiserweight finale for that tournament is exactly what you say it's going to be, and then we get both Charlos two in action, we got some, and we got what three other world title fights on the undercards of the two Charlo fights. A lot of world titles on the line on Saturday. A lot to keep up with on the website as well, right? Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing news, past, present, and future. It's going to be a lot of hardware moving this weekend, TJ, with with that Showtime pay-per-view with all the championship fights going around all over the world, actually. Looking forward to covering it, actually. It's going to be a I am really just impressed because we, we're having fights, and this is going to be like the officially the new kickoff. I like to say this is like the second quarter of, of, of the boxing season we have going here, TJ. Before we get to halftime and the, uh, the Lomachenko-Lopez fight, we have some pretty good fights coming up around the pike for the next couple of weeks. And who knows, I haven't mentioned it to this point, but I'll mention it here in the final uh, moments, that we may even see, Cane- dare I say, Canelo Alvarez fight before the end mm-hmm. of the year. They've gone to mediation to try to solve it, where DAZN pays him a little less, but he gets back in the ring. We'll see if that happens. We're excited about the finishing uh, few months here of 2020 from a boxing standpoint, including the Charlos in this uh, really wild split doubleheader pay-per-view. We'll see what kind of pay-per-view buys they get or not. But again, credit credit the Charlos. They didn't wait. They didn't wait for the crowd. They are the first ones in there before Lomachenko-Lopez, before the Anthony Joshua title defense, before Mm -hmm. Fury Wilder 3 or Canelo got back in the ring. The Charlos were willing to do this on the same pay-per-view card. I credit them for that. I know you do too, Marquise. And we're anxious to see how they do, right? One more time. Absolutely, TJ. And it's great that they're getting in the ring first. And it's, 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 it's about time we get with boxing, the bigger names getting back into the ring, TJ. And that's what it's going to take for people to say, like, hey, where's boxing going to be at? And we got big names coming up down the pipe. And it, this, is, this is the beginning of it. And I'm glad that Showtime with this fight card is amazing. I know folks don't want to pay for pay-per-view and all that and what have you. I mean, who TJ, let's be honest. Who wants to pay for anything nowadays? It's 2020. So I get all that. But I'm just looking forward to this fight because it's, it's something of championship caliber quality and it's going to be a good fight all up and down at a card well, Let's well. look for it. And, and I did not even mention that Gervonta Davis and Leo Santa Cruz will fight next month on Showtime pay-per-view as well. So this is kind of mm-hmm. a precursor to that. We'll see how it goes. Busy show. Speaking of Showtime, their president of sports and events, Stephen Espinoza, was our guest earlier. Also, our thanks to Antoine Williams, greatest of all time boxing promotions in Houston. Marquise, great job. Thank you. We'll be reading as well as listening to you. We'll be reading you as well on the website. Thank you, sir. Absolutely, TJ. Thanks so much. There he goes. Follow him at Week Sauce Radio. Follow the site on Twitter at Big Fight Weekend. Facebook page, Big Fight Weekend, for all the previews, the recaps of all the fights. I am merely TJ Reeves. Enjoy all the action, whether it's the Charlo doubleheader, the other world title fights on the undercards, 
whether it's the other world title fights in Germany or Scotland, we're all over it as part of Big Fight Weekend. And subscribe. Again, subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It comes automatically to you. Whenever there's big boxing, we're all over it on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.